From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 180, and today I'm joined by Adam Stovall. Adam is the director of a movie that I saw at the Glasgow Film Festival called A Ghost Waits. It's available now, I think. Uh, I'm not sure where. It's a really small independent film, but man, did I love it. So if it's not available yet, please suss it out. It's such a unique, interesting, micro-budget horror idea. Uh, I think you really, really need to check it out if you love indie horror. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch uh, Through Isolation, Friday, the original Friday the 13th. I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film, but not for at least a decade, probably two decades. And I'm here with... I'm Adam, and I haven't seen the film at all. Yeah, but you're a horror buff, right? So... (laughs) I'm actually not. Um, I grew up a comedy kid. I was like big into sitcoms and stand up. Um, and then in my 20s, I was, I did uh, sketch comedy. Um, I ran a comedy troupe in Cincinnati. It wasn't until uh, probably like 10, 12 years, 12 years ago, maybe. Um, my sister was married to a guy that uh, was a big time horror nerd and thought it was just the height of ridiculousness that I'd never seen these movies. So whenever I would visit, he would, uh, he would, you know, kind of put together a program for me. Um, and so I really, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. And I have since dove in. Um, it just happens that my first film is a horror film. So everybody yeah. assumes that I, uh, that I also grew up on 80s VHS horror. And I almost never know what anyone's talking about, but I'm doing my best. I got my Shutter membership like I'm on it. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's it. You don't have to peg yourself this early into your film career. The lighter. I always say that it's like your second film is what pegs you depending on what you choose. It's like if your first film is a horror. It doesn't matter as long as you have a voice, which you clearly do. Um, if you do two horror films in a row though, then okay. all of a sudden you become a horror guy. Uh, I, that would be lovely. Uh, yeah. So why? Yeah. So, like, um, what I'm what I'm working on right now, which might be the the next film. Oh, okay. Sorry, there's a little bit of a lag, I guess. So I I thought you were. Oh no! Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say my uh, I'm working on what will probably be my second film now, and it is a time travel. Uh, what was I saying the other day? It's a time travel road movie. That's great. Um, I haven't seen that before. I don't think so. There, I don't know. Well, if if, if yeah, <laughs> it's well, a lot fun. of fun, man. Like I, uh, I, I kind of, I, I, I spend a lot of time reading theoretical, uh, theoretical physics and moral philosophy. And one of the things I kind of love about genre storytelling, whether it's horror or sci-fi, is that you can kind of, uh, as long as your metaphor is strong, you can do all kinds of weird shit. Um, and so it's it's nice to like kind of find a space where I can talk about intuitionist mathematics and uh, not have to worry about the cheap seats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we did with uh, James versus Future Self. Uh, and what I would recommend yeah. we we use the technology from the Large Hadron Collider in CERN, like um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And we found oh, a. Yeah. So one thing I would recommend. If there is kind of, kind of area of science in particular where your story takes place, find a consultant in that area. We found someone that worked at CERN and that like consulted with us on the movie. And it okay. was amazing. And they were like the most open, 
available person ever. So I highly recommend that. Nice. Always reach out to consultants. But let's get back <laughs> to Friday the 13th before we, we, yes. we go down too far of a rabbit hole. In the film made with probably zero consultants. Probably, yeah. I mean, the movie, I think, was made for 40 grand or something. Like, dirt cheap. I actually just read this. Uh, they had planned to make it for $250,000. And then the, they finished the script. It was the script and something else that got them a budget of like five hundred and fifty. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but it then it went on to like, gross. Yeah. Sure, it was because... Oh, tons, yeah. Um, no, like, as, as, as fortune favors us, like, the 40th anniversary was just a couple weeks ago, so I've actually read a lot about this movie. Uh, have not seen it. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> With the podcast that I work on, we did an episode about it. And I was like, all right, well, I, you know, so when you said, what's a movie that you haven't seen? Like, Oh, the universe seems to be wanting me to watch Friday the 13th lately. So what, I'll do that. What do you know about Friday the 13th? Okay. Obviously, franchise-wise, I know that Jason's a killer, but I know that in the first one, he's not. Ah, so, that sucks that you I already know. know that. I know. Like, but this is kind of... Um, April Wolf always says it's not uh, what a movie is about, but how it's about it that's important. And mm. so I, I feel like... Uh, as I've been doing these kind of deep dives on horror franchises uh, lately, like I know so much of it is in the culture already that uh, I know a lot of the stuff and I'm, it kind of allows me to appreciate the filmmaking of it and the craft, uh, which is, which I think is something that gets short shrift in horror, really good craft, like really good horror is just pure cinema. Yeah. Uh, So I, while I do know that it is uh, Mrs. Voorhees, uh, terrorizing the campers in this movie we're about to watch. I, you know, I, I, I look forward to seeing kind of how that plays out. I also feel like I've seen every movie that this inspired. Uh, you know, you may be, you know, you may be the killer, um, the final girls, uh, something else that I just watched recently that I'm, I'm blanking on, but beyond, behind the mask, like, so it's going to be interesting. It's kind of like watching like a uh, double indemnity now where you're just like, Oh, every single movie ripped this off fascinating hilarious uh, but it, yeah. I, I will say within this doesn't spoil anything if you're going to do a deep dive and watch all of like the jason movies the the whole mm-hmm. series there i don't know if there is one of these like slasher franchises that goes in more bizarre directions than this one yeah right like he I ends up think... in space at some point right is that is that x is that yeah. jason 10 okay i have a friend I, that was I in that movie actually... Oh yeah, yeah. I may actually be talking about that later this year. I've already agreed to be on a podcast, and the uh, the vote for it will be Jason X, Doom, and no wait, yeah, Doom and Pandemonium. Amazing, like yeah. So it's just yeah. this is this. There there are a few that go just in the most bizarre, crazy directions that this one goes into. So far from its roots. It's uh, it's like the Frast and the Furious of like horror franchises where it's like you forget at the end of those movies. It's like this started off as like these guys were criminals that were street racing in L.A. Right. Uh, and now they're like saving the world in every movie. <laughs> so these are the same people. Same people. I, th- is it, I think it's eight where they skydive in cars. Yeah. And when I saw it, I texted my then girlfriend. Like after I got out, I texted my then girlfriend. I would absolutely skydive out of a car and a Camaro for you. <laughs> I would do that for most yeah. people just because I, then I could say I did it. Right. Yeah. Crazy. I do that for half off a pizza, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> just insanely dangerous. All right. So do you know, um, there's one famous actor in this movie. Do you know who it is? Kevin Bacon. Ah, you know the things. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's his. Yeah, prop- Johnny Depp was in the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and he's in this one. All right, you know. I, I know it's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be interesting that like I to see something that I have not seen that I know a lot. Like I, I usually derive some stuff from that. So yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be that's that'll be an interesting point of view on this conversation. Then yeah, because I'll be honest, it's like this is one that I'm like I'd always kind of held out. I was like, hopefully I can find someone that hasn't seen Friday the Thirteenth at some point. Uh, so. 
this works. Yeah. I also really love, it feels very on brand that we were going to talk about the rules of the game. And now we're talking about Friday the 13th. Like that's exactly where my brain lives. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. I, ju- I jump around. Like I'm, I love every and all genres. So I'm a weird matchup yeah. person. I just, I just watched liar liar with my kids and now I'm jumping into this. So yeah. That's you don't cool. want to keep the kids around for this. <laughs> How old are yeah. your kids? My son, uh, eleven and eight. My son would would watch okay. it with us if, if if I let him. He doesn't he doesn't get scared by movies or phased by movies. Yeah. But um, it's just I'm like I got I got to pace you out, man. I can't just show you everything when you're little. I got to wait until right. you're old enough to the right level where he appreciates it. So that's now where I'm curating him, trying to figure out at what level you. Unless you want to make him into a filmmaker, in which case. <laughs> show him really inappropriate stuff that's already that's us. already happening he's been watching like kurosawa movies oh, okay. since he was nine. Oh, okay as soon as he was old enough to read <laughs> my god yeah amazing loves it yeah he'll sit down and watch a three-hour foreign black and white movie no problem nice the um, one the one good thing i've accomplished as a father is that everything <laughs> else that i shit the bed on utterly <laughs> Well, All right, so uh, now that we're getting into shooting the bed, I think this is a good time for us to stop. Yep. <laughs> Check out the and, movie, and uh, and I'll see you right after. Excellent. See you in a few. All right. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we just finished, and... What did I just watch? <laughs> right? I want to hear everything you have to I have so many thoughts and opinions. I wish I made some notes. I, I, I usually do, but I didn't because I was just sitting there going, Jesus, fuck. Uh, anyway, I want to hear all your thoughts, and then I'll jump in with mine. Okay, so I did not think uh, – I thought going in that I would not like this movie. It's why I haven't seen it. Um, so much of what I've read made me think – I would hate this movie. And, um, and can you unpack that a bit more? Like what, what, sure. what kind of stuff? So like the idea, um, the idea that it was this like totally mercenary thing that like they saw Halloween made a bunch of money and they were just like, Oh, well then let's make a slasher movie and make a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, like that there's, there's almost no better way to get me to not like or see your movie than to just be like, Oh, we figured there was money. We were blatantly ripping off. I mean, even down to the point of view of the killer, it's it's yeah. pretty blatant ripoff of Halloween, which is just two years before, right? Right. Um, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. It's really good to go into a movie with low expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like... It was also, you know, like hearing like Sean, uh, to my understanding, Sean, uh, Cunningham's background was in softcore porn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and let me just say one of the things that I really like about uh, Mrs. Voorhees as a killer is that she allows her victims to finish. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> because that's amazing. Girlfriend have some sex and like they both climax and then she kills them that's just polite that's good manners yeah her son doesn't do that <laughs> no later on okay. in the series oh spoiler alert there's yeah, well, one there's one particular one that is my favorite uh, he's very anti climax and yeah there's yeah i won't get into it but that, that's yeah. i that's my favorite uh observation from a horror film ever yeah like um, and kind of along, so I just finished a deep, uh, kind of a deep dive on the Scream franchise. Um, like you, last you, week. How you hadn't seen them before? I had seen the first three. I, I had seen the first one a bunch. I had seen the second one, like when it opened and maybe once after. Um, and I saw the third opening weekend. I had never seen the fourth. And, but like, what's kind of led me to like my current project that I'm finishing later tonight is the final destination franchise. And like, I'm just kind of going through like watching all of these movies to get a sense of what makes something that kind of story. So like what makes a scream story. And I was realizing in the course of watching it that I think Ghostface is my favorite slasher killer because he, 
the only reason Ghost Chase succeeds early on is because there's two of them. They're like always falling down. They're yeah, always getting in their own way. They're real people. So, yeah, they're so bad at it. But like because there's two, they they can succeed, and it makes it because that's kind of a like when I was little and I would see these movies. That was kind of my problem. Was like these people are the dumbest people that have ever peopled. Of course, they're getting cut down like sheep. Um, and so the reason I bring that up is that I kind of like Alice kind of became my favorite final girl because she, like, I mean, she does kill her in the end, but she was going out of her way to not kill somebody who was really trying to kill her. And I just say like, yeah, she, cause she's a good person. Like it wasn't the her, innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Until um, the last moment where she just lops her head off. Right. Like, oh fuck it. I've had it. I've had it. I'm done. It's just, that's it. Oh, how fortuitous. A machete. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really liked that bit of just like, there were weird little character bits throughout. Um, I like that the hottie is the plumber of the group that like when a sink doesn't work, she doesn't think to try another sink. She just fixes the sink. Um, that, like all these little things, but like, yeah, the idea that Alice is just a good person that and an innocent isn't going to think, Oh, I should stab this person and run away. And an innocent is going to think, Oh my God, why are they stabbing me? What kind of person does that? I need to run as far as ways possible. Uh, yeah, I'm always surprised by like the little bits of humanity that pop up in horror. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one, it's it's interesting. Like, I think what bothered me. Uh, actually, I want, I want to hear more of your stuff before I come in and start like salting with my <laughs> with my poison. So, like, because I didn't because I didn't grow up with this stuff. Um, because I came to it late in my 30, or, you know, I came to it in my thirties. I don't have the nostalgia for it that a lot yep. of people do. So. Do you <laughs> genuinely appreciate them when you do? Cause you're not watching yeah. going, Oh, I love this as a kid or this brother. Like, here's what I think of when I think of this movie. I remember the original NES video game. Okay. Uh, did you have the 8-bit NES? Oh man. I had the NES. I didn't have the Friday the 13th video game. Oh God. It was the weirdest fucking game. Uh, you basically played as all the counselors and you played one at a time. And then like, those are basically your lives. And okay. as, and if you die, then you became the next counselor and you had to like, just go to different cabins and different rooms and try to find clues or something before Jason like fucking basically killed you. It was a hard, first of all, he was the hardest, or not Jason, but the killer killed you. Right. Hardest thing to fucking kill was, uh, no, no, it was, I guess it must have been a sequel because it was Jason you were fighting. Uh, and Mrs. Voorhees' head is featured in it as one of the items. But it was terrifying because first of all, <laughs> I was eight years old when I watched it. But also, like, you would just, you'd go from room to room and room to room. And then all of a sudden you'd go into a room and it was like, it would, like, the music would just go, Mah! and then it was just, the screen would go red. And I go, fuck. Every time it, it got me, every single time as a kid. That's, <laughs> And that's the thing I remember the most of like connected to this original movie for some reason. And just in terms of nostalgia for this. Okay. Um, it was not a great game. <laughs> it was very hard. It was very difficult. I would love to try to replay that. I'm sure there is a bot or a sim like uh, generator oh. online that I could try it. Uh, Probably. I'm, yeah. Goddamn. I know that's exactly what I'm doing after we, we finish this tonight. There's no well, way. Like, I'm not, just a I'm few not years ago, it. there was that like, online game the friday the 13th online game where like you know you were kind of randomly assigned and like sometimes you would be jason um but like that was just a few years ago and i remember that being a big deal for a while yeah not that (laughs) yeah um but like because i come to this as an adult like (laughs) one of the strangest things to me about this subgenre of horror is the like inherent dehumanization of uh, where like so many of the characters are people, but they're not humans. And it's a crucial distinction because you need to care enough to like invest, but you can't invest enough that their death like horribly scars you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Although, okay, if it does like some horror movies do it really well and you're like, no, no, like you just like when like spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the scream franchise, but like when Jamie Kennedy dies in the second one, you're like, no, no, you can't kill Randy. Yeah. Randy, Randy's the dude. Randy's the best. 
you know, uh, and like that kind of thing, right? Uh, and so you really like Scream breaks all the rules, but also right. honors honors all the rules. Like the like the first Scream, I think, is one of the best horror films of all time, uh, and probably the best horror comedy. You know, it just really, really nails. I mean, it's that and Shaun of the Dead for me are like the two right. that are. I just showed my son the first like thirty minutes of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, uh, just to wet his whistle. I'm going to show him the rest. We just didn't have time to finish it, but he and I are. I'm writing something with him. Oh, nice! Uh, for the first time, and so I was explaining to him like setups and all that kind of stuff. I was like, "Tell you what, we're going to watch a half an hour of this movie, and then we're going to talk about all the things it's kind of setting up." And and he was just desperate to watch more, but I didn't let him because yeah, that's the kind of dick I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of these days, a podcast will let me do my my. I have thoughts on the Scream franchise thing uh but no like it's it's so interesting to to like watch and to see the like the precise calibration of like what is what like a line that's clever enough for you to laugh but not clever enough for it to feel like a real brain thought it up Mm. you know like there's just there's so many lines in these kind of movies where you're just like that's the why and and but I remember watching. Um, I went to so I live in uh, Queens, New York, um, and I went to. There's a theater in Brooklyn called Syndicated Bar. Uh, yeah, it's syndicated. It's like a it's a poor man's draft house. So you've got a screening room and you've got a bar and they've got a full kitchen. And I went there to see the Midsommar uh, director's cut, and I had to leave because everyone in the entire theater thought they were at a slasher movie and they were drunk and they were cracking each other up. And I don't know if you've seen Midsommar, but that is not the the vibe. Um, But like then watching this, it's just like, Oh, right. Because if you grew up on, you know, a bunch of camp counselors dying, then the point of it is for you to recognize you and your idiot buddies. And like, so when somebody's like, acting stupid you know when they when the guy like acts like he's drowning and then they drag him up and the woman like goes to him cpr and he like grabs her and kisses her like that's a moment where you're like oh yeah that's kevin <laughs> like kevin you would totally do that yeah, yeah. um you know it, like and it's just it's 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 what i love about film like the, the various genre like I, I feel like every genre has that sort of thing like rom-coms have the sassy best friend and like you know action has the sidekick you know the red shirt sidekick i mean yeah does, does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. for sure okay. for sure <laughs> uh what do you think about since we're getting into like nerdy uh genre stuff what do you think about the the, the, the actual kills in this movie as someone who's been watching a bunch of horror movies right well you know because i've been watching final destination the bar has been moved um, you know, there were no Rube Goldberg oh. machines of doom. No shit. Um, it's funny. My but, wife was just starting to listen to me watch this movie. And she was just like, why do all horror movies sound like that? The score. I'm like, all horror movies sound like that because this one does, because this yeah. one was one of the ones that started all the tropes and rules. I actually met him. Manfred, Manfredi, Manfredi. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, last year I was in LA and I got to go to this like script read and he was, uh, it was this unproduced script after, uh, like when Larry Cohen died, he had this unproduced script that was a caper where like Alfred Hitchcock and Bernard Herman, like re reconciled their, their longstanding argument and like, s- um, saved their friendship while solving murders. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but, but he played, he read, uh, Bernard Herman. Great. It was great. Great, great, great. Um, uh, I like the kills were good. The kills, like, I, I like that, uh, you know, I, I, I like that there was, there was a bit of artistry to some of them, but I also like that they weren't terribly gratuitous uh, and terribly graphic. I mean, you see Kevin Bacon get stabbed. You see, like, that one's great. Kevin Bacon went, like, through the throats. Like, I like that one a lot because it's a big surprise. It's unexpected. Yeah. But isn't that also like the most graphic? Isn't that like the only time you actually see a weapon pierce a person? Yeah, like that's like, their, that's kind of their big effect. Yeah, outside they, of they, the the head at the end. Right, 
yeah, they, they cut away, and even that's in the dark. Oh, uh, that's all done. Like you, you the, I guess I watched it as a. Here's the thing: I watched the Kevin Bacon one, and I'm like, that's impressive. Like, however yeah. they did that, that was impressive. All the other ones are just editing. Yep, one hundred percent. That is just like no, we cut away, and then you, you know, um, and like early on, there's a jump cut that like because when we, you know, we turned it on, and I remember like as it's starting. Like as the girls walking up the road, I just, I was sitting there like, God, I miss the seventies. Like just that pacing, just like how easy you could get into a movie. You could just take your time and watch someone ride a bike <laughs> and then as they yell doom. Uh, yeah. And then like, but she's walking up and then there's like a jump cut and it's not even like, that's not a style throughout the movie. They just very clearly either like ran out of film or somebody fucked something up. Yeah, something but, got burned. Someone burned the footage. It's like, ah, fuck it. So that's the only take we got, guys. It's like, yeah, yeah fuck it. Fuck um, it. But yeah. yeah, like some of the kills bother me in that it's like there's there's a couple where it's, it's the axe one in particular where it's just like it cuts her and she's like ah like she stands there long enough to do something about what she, what's about to happen to her where yeah. she doesn't have to just stand there and take it and there's just kind of a lot of those uh, that said I realize they're reacting to like a middle aged soccer mom and they're not expecting what's about to come I I did say while we were watching like while they're while she and Alice are like rolling around fighting I was like you know. I like a I like a killer with a nice baby blue sweater. That sweater's amazing, amazing. It's so great. Well, um, you know that she put it on to like cover up whatever blood blood drenched stuff is underneath. Yeah, there's no way she's not splattered in blood from all the fucking shit she's been up to. There's right. the, the one guy she here's the thing that one guy that you, we just revealed is like to the, on the back of the door with Bill. Yeah, both his throat slashed and arrows in his eyes and face, which one happened first? Cause the second one was gratuitous in whatever order that happened. <laughs> Ms. Uh, Ms. Voorhees is a thorough lady. She really, uh, really yeah, is. She'll, she'll kill you, but dead. Um, but yeah, like the, yeah, the kills were, I don't know. They, you know, they, they definitely, uh, I mean, I think I expected them to be ex- more exploitational, which maybe that's mm. because of the latter films, like because Jason at this point has a reputation. Oh, right. Uh, well, they all, I mean, all the movies that come later, they all have to top each other, right? Where this one, because it's one of the originals, all this one has to do is try to top Halloween. Right. You know? And to its credit, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of the thing about like how it's really hard to screw up a good story. I mean, it's pretty well cast. Not in that like I think they're the best actors, but they're all charismatic and they're down for whatever. And none of them are like egregiously bad actors. No, you know, like you fine. believe them in the situation. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and the story is nice and simple. It's like there's just right. this camp got cl- here. The thing that kills me though is like all of them on their way up. It keeps me going. It's like, hey, yo, all these people call this place Camp Blood, and it's like, and that didn't like raise a fucking flag. Like, <laughs> I oh that that first girl to go like that was so that was one thing that like I wasn't expecting, and it's it's one of, like the conversation that we had beforehand of like, oh, you already know all the stuff, like, but I like the guy in the truck just kind of giving you all the exposition of like, oh, there was this and this and this and this, and I would just not go if I were you. And then she's like, oh, but I, you know, dream of working with kids and, you know, you just, you do whatever you got to do to, you know, to live your dream. Um, that, that, that feels real. That hits me. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I buy, what is it? It's been like 20 years or so, 30 right. years since this thing happened. And so it's, yeah, something bad happened a long time ago. What's, why would it happen again? And so I, I, I buy all the things. I, what do you think of Mrs. Voorhees like motive once it's all revealed? I I get it, like, in terms of... Uh, did you ever see Bong Joon-ho's mother? No. No? Okay, and I won't, I won't talk about that. But, like, you know, I've, I know people who have lost children, and it's, you know, it's such a... It's an impossible thing. Yeah. Um, and so if your kid, you know, I mean, I'm guessing... 
I'm guessing there was not a Mr. Voorhees. I'm guessing that Ms. Voorhees was a single mother. So I'm guessing that she brought her son to the camp so that the counselors, and you know, it's like, well, this is a safe place. They're already watching after all these kids. Like, I get how your child dying in a preventable accident could drive you insane. Mm-hmm. I, it tracks. I think it's great. Yeah. And even the idea that it's like, she hasn't killed since then. Uh, right. And she, not, man, she doesn't want everybody to die, just counselors. No, and the only reason she started up again is because they're going to open the camp again. And she yeah. doesn't want, I mean, it, it. it's as, you know, it means she's a psychopath, but a logical yeah. one. Like she's got like a pretty strong motive. And as a parent myself, I'm like, I get it. Yep. I, I don't know if I can go and murder a bunch of teenagers for fucking, but you know. I, uh, I I I can understand someone who would uh, yeah. with a, with a different you know uh, predilection. <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I was immediately just like, oh, I'm watching the rest of these movies because now I need to know. Like, I feel like Jason's probably killing to get revenge for his mother, but like, you know, there's been 95 of those movies now, so I feel like motive probably changes over the years. Well, <laughs> it's just, the whole thing. The, like, seriously, I'm I'm ex- let me know when you get to the end. Like your your yeah. favorite highlights of insanity because it goes all over the place. There's voodoo in it. There's space travel. Uh, there's like there. Are, I mean, that guy just won't die. There, there. Yeah. He he will be killed in ways that are you're just like, well, there's no way he can come back for a sequel, and yet he does. It's phenomenal what they do. My my favorite as a kid uh, or a teenager was Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. Because it's That's the, most, the one with the snake going through the mask, I think, on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just because you from the opening, you're like, how does the rest of this movie work? Like, what? After what they do in the opening, you're just like, this doesn't make any sense. How there's more of this movie now? <laughs> and then it's just like, where the fuck is? I just for some reason, I really dug how bonkers it was as a kid. Yeah. And I haven't been back to revisit it because I don't know if I'll appreciate it in the same way. I might just go, you are so fucking infuriating. <laughs> uh, but uh, but at the time, I really appreciated it because it just subverted all expectations and just didn't give a shit about how bonkers it was. Speaking of giving a shit, it is one of my favorite things when horror movies give weird shits. Like the sort of thing that if a, film- a horror filmmaker decides needs to make sense. I love that this movie really goes out of its way or not goes out of its way, but like this movie really like services the whole where cops are never around when you need them idea. <laughs> you have so many shots of cops just driving off the like right before they're needed. Yeah. You know, they, they show up, they intimidate and then they go away. And they oh, he even, out. he drops the guy out. It's like, Oh wait, I found a body over here. I better go investigate it. You go out. It's like, that, that. and then he walks in. It's like, Hey, Hey you, uh, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. The only thing that bothers me about Mrs. Voorhees mm-hmm. is given how like readily she just, you know, stabby stabs everyone, anyone the first, the second they see her, why does she decide to give this girl at the end a chance? Like she, she puts on this whole show. She drives oh, yeah. up and it's like, why for her? You know, there's nothing special about her. She, I mean, she's the virgin, right? Like they established that in the, right. the Monopoly game, uh, and that's like one of the the horror movie tropes that comes yeah. out of this. Is like the virgin never dies, right? Um, her, her and Laurie Strode up to this point, but it's like, why does Mrs. Voorhees not just kill her the moment she sees her, like she does everyone else? I don't get that. That just feels like the movie doing that so that we can have an ending and understand right. why it's all happening. It's just, that's the only time where I'm going, Oh, the movie is now being a movie. Yeah, that's fair. And, and cause it is a very fly on the wall kind of like it, you know, there, it, there's very few moments of like cinematic craft kind of calling attention to itself. So yeah, it does stand out when the movie, like <laughs> it's pause. It's like, all right, Betsy, do your thing. Yeah. Um, now you get to act in a scene. Yeah, but like, uh, I, I liked it. You need it, yeah. but it's just really, right. I would have loved a more organic reason for why her, like yeah. she's chosen her to be the last one and she wants, it's almost like, it's different if it's the idea that it's like, I want you to be left to t- live the tale. Yeah. Right? So this camp never reopens again. 
because I'll be back, you know, and she, and she disappears into the woods or something like that. And that makes sense. marketing. That's it, yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah. Makes, that would make sense to me. Uh, right. But instead she just decides to come and monologue the fuck out of everything. Uh, what was your thoughts on the, uh, the, the jump scare canoe bit at the end? Uh, I mean, I knew that was coming. Um, we, we, I do a podcast with Ted Gagan called this is not a story about, and our last episode was about Adrian King's, uh, kind of life story. Um, but of course it's, this is not a story about Friday the 13th. So we start talking about Friday the 13th and then we get into Adrian's story, but we specifically talk about the ending shot because it was so hard for them to get. Um, yeah. And like, it was, it's a, I mean, her story is fascinating. I don't know how much you know about her, but like that woman has had a hard life. Um, but yeah, so I, I, to the point that like that specific cue where you have that beautiful score and then uh, I had, because I do the set, uh, Ted writes and performs the podcast and then I edit and mix the sound and do all the sound design. So I had listened to that specific cue so many times yeah, recently I, that I was like, I know what this is. <laughs> you, you saw it coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's funny. But, but I was still because like, even though I knew it was coming, I was just like, this is gorgeous. You know, just it's be- you know, the colors are beautiful. The, the shimmering lake, the cops and the distance, like all of it. I was like, damn, like this is even like knowing what it's building to, you can appreciate the build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Well, but it's, it's like what I, I do, what I like about it is it, it's because when, when it first happens, you're like, this is fucking bonkers and bullshit. Uh, this kid's been dead and like living under the water for 12 years or however long it's been 30 years. Uh, and is mummified somehow and not has not aged. Well, 20 years. We know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Just it. Yeah. He's 20 years old. He's 20 years older and yet he's still this child. So it's like, but then when she wakes up, you're like, oh, of course that was a dream. Yeah. But then, but then you're left with that like idea of like, but was it? Is he still out there somehow, somewhere? Little bubbles in the water. Um, it's, you know, it's so like, uh, one thing that I, I was thinking about while watching it, cause like a friend of mine um, had asked me, I think it was last year he'd had an idea for doing like a low budget, but like a trilogy of slasher films um, and just kind of rounding all the edges of like making it a very efficient shoot where we could shoot three for the cost of one and a half. And uh, Friday the 13th was what led him to this because he was watching the documentary about the franchise Um and so he had emailed me this idea and was just like, let's do this. Let's write a slasher movie. And um, my, my movie, A Ghost Waits, uh, that uh, played in Glasgow, that you were at, um, I spent three years making Ghost Waits. And until I don't spend three years making a movie, every movie seems like it's going to take three years. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about like, what ideas I want to do, part of that thought process is, do I want to spend three years of my life doing this? Yeah. And so the idea of making a slasher movie and spending three years of my life killing people repeatedly every day on my computer, I was like, I'm not going to do this. Like, yeah. this is not where my heart lives. I'll do cosmic horror all day long, but I just can't deal with this much death. Um, and I think actually to answer your question really specifically, like that's the thing I appreciated most about the deaths is that I, they weren't, in your face about it. You know, there, there was still a, a modicum of you, you don't see, you know, outside of Kevin Bacon, you don't see the blade go through. You don't well. And, uh, Ms. Voorhees, like you see her head come off, but yeah, like it's a thing I think about a lot in this genre. It, you know, and it's probably why I gravitate towards ghost stories is because the person's already dead. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I have too much empathy to spend too much time at Crystal Lake. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. I thought I just had, I don't know why mm-hmm. I, I must've had this thought before given um, the fact that Jason isn't dead. We don't know where he's been all this time. Why, right. his, why he didn't go, go to try to find his mom. Uh, Again, I assume part two addresses all of this. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Not in any way that is like 
really satisfying. <laughs> they don't, Jason doesn't monologue. Let's just say that. Uh, you don't get the, the years between. That's the movie I want to watch. Show me the 20 years between Jason supposedly drowning and then how he somehow stayed in the area and yet never connected with his mom again. Who he's who he feels passionate enough to avenge for 30 movies after who only died because she was killing people because she thought he was dead. This feels like the kind of thing in star Wars, you would have the expanded universe books. There would be a book about this. Oh, Friday the 13th star Wars. Oh fuck. I bet you hate nerds out there. Uh, Someone has written fan fiction about Jason Voorhees' middle years. Uh, Jason you... Voorhees' 21st birthday. Someone has written that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can, <laughs> if, can someone please send me a link to that if you're aware of it? And I if would... it doesn't exist, do we have to write it? <laughs> yeah. I, no, I don't feel like taking the time to look for myself. I'm going to be busy playing the uh, the NES for uh, yeah. the 13th game all night tonight. Now, I'm sure. Uh, but not doing that. So much fun. <laughs> oh, Google Jason Voorhees short stories. Fan see fiction. It, see Ooh. what happens. Uh, so any other final thoughts on, on Friday the 13th? Um, man, I mean, there's, it's a lot because like you're, you're literally watching the birth of, well, you're watching the birth of something. Yeah. Um, that's and, that's intentionally being derivative of something else. Right. Like Halloween, he never intended to do another. Halloween was a standalone. It was, you know, um, whereas Friday the 13th does not feel like a standalone. It feels like we are ready for some checks if you want to sign some checks. Yeah. Um, we can't bring Voorhees back. You, we, you saw her head come up. We got a plan for the sun. Don't worry. Yeah, and like when you think about the moment it arrived at, you know, like uh, it was seventy nine, eighty. Eighty is the year that it, yeah. yeah, it was eighty because Halloween was seventy eight, Star Wars was seventy seven, Jaws was seventy six. So like the like corporations had started to take interest, and then you so it was kind of coming from both ends. You had you know multi-conglomerate saying like oh we can make a movie and make hundreds of millions of dollars let's do that and then you had like little softcore porn things like we can make tens of millions of dollars let's do that yeah and it's interesting how capitalism is capitalism is capitalism and like whether you're a a little guy who's willing to sell out his mom for a buck or a you know a corporation willing to sell out a country for a buck there you know you're still friends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, you, you have more in common than you have apart. It's, I don't know, man, these kind of movies, like anything that's a true landmark of any genre, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when you look at that, like the moment it arrives at what it's talking about and then kind of what it yielded. Like when you look at Friday the 13th and you know that this is the most, I don't know that it's the most successful horror franchise of all time. Like, uh, Financially speaking, it probably is because it has more of the movies. Yeah, just by sure sure number, it might be. Yeah, like, but when you're like watching it, it's not like you can really point at anything and say like, "Oh yeah, no, this is gonna this is gonna create '80s horror." You know, like it's ripping off something, and yet it is itself a catalyst. And like that kind of shit is always fascinating to me. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. yeah. I, I for some reason I, I I always liked Jason the most as like the movies because I think I liked how fucking crazy they were. Yeah. Uh, as I was growing up, those are the ones I always watched or rewatched or like sought out. I wasn't like crazy on Freddy though. I watched. I think I'm seeing them all, but those are the ones I'm like. Eh. But for some reason, I really like Jason. I don't think I haven't seen all the Halloween movies. I should do that at some point go through and but those ones get fucking bonkers too i think probably and they're all retcon now anyway so yeah uh, <laughs> um although whenever you whenever you get around to seeing uh season of the witch let me know i <laughs> i think that movie's wonderful 
Oh, I've yeah, that one for sure. I've never seen. I've seen part one and part two. I've seen like H two O. I think. Yeah, I've seen all the Jamie Curtis ones. No, season uh, of the witch is the Halloween movie without Michael Myers. No, I know that. Yeah, because that's when yeah. they were like, oh, and now we're just going to make an anthology thing, and every year it'll be a different thing, and then it, it didn't do well, and they're like, fuck, bring Michael back. Exactly. We don't care uh, what happened to him in the last one. We'll figure it out. Have you seen? Have you seen Friday the Thirteenth with the shit they're trying to pull over there? People don't care. It gives and motherfuckers in space. Yeah, uh, they do yeah. not give a shit. Freddy was my like, like even though I wasn't a big horror person, I was you know I'm certainly aware of it. And like some sleepovers, they would have Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was like Freddy because he was funny. Yeah, you know, like he always had a little zinger. I always appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I always loved about Scream. Like I think Scream came out when I was in my in like early high school or something. It was I was like a young teen and I just became obsessed with that movie. Okay. Because the first two, the first two I really enjoy. The third one is it starts to become a parody of itself. I will say. So like Scream Two, um again, I just watched all these. Scream Two, the sequence when she has to crawl out of the cop car over Ghostface is an all-time sequence. It's great. Like, yeah. It's just like she can't stay because she's fucked if she stays, but she yeah. had the only, it's just that one is so, full of such amazing, great tension. And then Scream 3 has Parker Posey just bringing all of the thunder. She's the best part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I kind of got to a point where I was like, I will not brook any uh, dismissive talk of Scream 3 because Parker Posey makes it worthwhile scream four couldn't give a shit about i watched it was just like nope this is doing nothing um the 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 turn at the end was just like i don't believe this it just did absolutely nothing for me no it's it's it's, and it's and it's i mean i get i like what they're doing in the terms of like they're trying to reboot and remake the first film without actually remaking it and, and 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 flipping it on its head but then it also just I don't know. It's again, it just starts the problem with all these things that have like the twist upon the twist is like, where does it end? Right. You know, like you gotta give me something to invest in. If nothing means anything, then I can be somewhere else. Yeah. And even like the ending of screen three, screen three for me is like, what? (laughs) Like just putting out of a sudden the brother. Oh, that act three is terrible. Yeah. It's like that. Oh God, really? The brother thing. That's ugh. now we're just, Sure, and there needed to be a second one. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with this. Ghostface only works if there's two. <laughs> I agree. There's a fan theory. I remember at the time that there was a second one, and it wasn't revealed. And they decided that they were still out there, and they could come back and strike again. And the movie's such a mess. Like the script is such a mess that you have so many loose ends. And red herrings that you can kind of just reverse engineer wherever the hell you want that movie to be. Well, and I think like I remember reading somewhere at some point that they had they because that franchise was so huge at that point, and uh, it was so secretive the twist the ending because they were at that point they were they were known for them that they shot they literally shot an ending with every single character in that movie being the killer, including Sidney Prescott. Amazing, uh, and so none of the cast actually knew what the real ending was, but also because of that, how do you invest in any of them properly? Yeah. Yeah. Like I watched that still screaming documentary and they talk about like, because they were kind of writing as they went, they didn't know who. And so they would like, uh, Emily Mortimer, you might be the killer. You should act weird in this scene. And Emily Mortimer doing her, I might be the killer acting is a, a, like the second best thing in that movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it was wonderfully ridiculous, yeah. um, but you, it was it was interesting. Like, because Scream, the first one has just a great script. I mean, a legitimately great script. And then the second one, the wheels start to come off the bus immediately because Kevin Williamson hit it so big that like he couldn't be there to write everything. So he was like faxing over pages, and uh, and Wes is writing a bunch of stuff himself, and. And then, like, in the third one, they couldn't get Kevin at all, so it was Aaron Kruger and Leda, uh, oh, the woman who wrote Shutter Island. Mm. Um, but, like, 
So they're developing this thing with multiple writers, and that's just the two that we know. I, I'm sure there were more. Like it was. Yeah, those, it was those are the ones that won the arbitration. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crazy. <laughs> and Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and Friday the Thirteenth. Now, like, I'm curious to see what makes a Jason story. Like, oh, I, I can't. I'm, well, <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, it's vast. The formula <laughs> is very flexible. <laughs> um, but yeah, like having, having made, it's a weird question when you've made a horror movie, people say, people ask like, was it, is it scary to shoot scary scenes? And she's like, well, no, like so much of it is you're cutting together stuff. And so, you know, like, or the very atmospheric thing when like the music's kind of tinkling and you're walking down a hallway. It's like, Oh yeah, no, like they're just walking down a hallway when you're shooting. There's nothing scary about it. Um, and so it's, it's funny to me that people even think that there is, um, but like the, yeah, the language I, early on, I kind of, I was telling uh, my friend Corey, like, horror and stand-up comedy are very similar in my head because both of them just depend on this rhythm that if you like that rhythm, even if it's bad, you still enjoy it because it's hitting something in your brain that, you know, you're responding to. So like even bad horror, it depends on these archetypes and these tropes and just those simple elements make people so happy. Bad horror does far better than bad comedy. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Because bad comedy is like, ugh, I can't. Bad comedy gets turned off. Good, bad horror, you're like, oh, now I'm into this because I want to see how shitty it gets. And, yeah, and, and just what they do with it. Yeah, bad horror. Bad yeah. horror, you can just get really high and like let it go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is super fun. Uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the rest of this franchise when, oh. when you finish watching them. Because sure, I'll be tweeting <laughs> about it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll let you go because you got Final Destination 5 to watch. It's true. Uh, that, that's, that's tonight's treat. Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I it's pre- Did you know it's written by the guy that wrote Arrival? Got to eat, Eric- man. <laughs> Eric Heiserer. I saw. I was like, "Holy shit! This movie might. I mean, it's going to be dumb, but it might be really something." Yeah, or he he won the arbitration anyway. He had the final right. credit on it. Sure, uh, yeah, that's funny. It's funny. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for giving me an excuse to finally watch this movie. I'm so glad I did. My pleasure. I apologize for the the, the what it's going to unleash upon you with the rest of the franchise. <laughs> But uh, that you you were gonna get to that eventually anyway. I gotta get through quarantine doing something, you know. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right. Well, enjoy your quarantine. You too. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Happy writing with your son. I will. Thanks. Let's all go. Thanks for joining us for Friday the Thirteenth. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.